We've lived in life ever since the formula bottle. Decent, sit everything we knew about our problems. And now we're all roaming the land, saying now did this big life start. It's time to put our faith in Him, cause it's gone too far. Oh, I believe he died for me and for everyone. Anything can be achieved when you count on God. Who's gonna take the lead by putting the life on life? Who's gonna show the children what is wrong and what is right? Who's gonna take the lead? By putting their life on the line Who's gonna show the children What is wrong and what is right Wow, right? That was an incredible rendition by Mr. Levine. Did you guys know, do you guys know his story? It's pretty interesting. It's actually quite fascinating. And he is another example of serving others to heal his own pain or his suffering or his sins or whatever it may be. It is always said that, I don't know how many of you have actually gone to like confession or whatever, even shrinks will tell you. The only way to deal with trauma is to forgive yourself first. Um, because you have to forgive yourself for being dumb, for being stupid, for, you know, allowing things to happen. Uh, it's, it's always that, right? They always say that. Um, so today's Friday. Yesterday I wanted to do a show, but um, my first stop and first meeting of the day was not expected to go that long. Um, and then there was a long drive involved, so... I realized that yesterday that it is quite unfortunate. I mean, I've realized it all the time, but people that you have faith in, people that you have extended love to or embrace them or empower them or whatever, you expect more from them. You expect them to return the good to the people that endowed them. And it was sad to see that it's all about them. Uh, It's all about their image. It's all about their brand. It's all about them. It has nothing to do with the people. And and this is a common factor. It's funny how so many people that are visible to you because they're apparently influencers or whatever are going through this moment of betrayal. And many people struggle with that because they don't expect it. They shouldn't have it, right? They're like, I I did this. 
for you and I cared for you and then, and then, and then, and then, and then, and then you go bite me. And it comes back to what I've always said. Unfortunately, humans are the most evil beings on this planet. They're the ones that ravage the earth and, um, take advantage of it, of course, for their, for their survival. They will step on each other's necks, kill populations and other people. All for what? Glory? What is it that they're seeking? And this is quite important right now where we are. Because I see so much of it. And having conversations with very someone, someone's that I consider important. And then today uh, had pretty important conversations too. So important that in the morning I was like, oh, I'll get a coffee there. And then I go there and I'm like, oh, shoot, I don't have cigarettes. I'm not going to have coffee unless I have a cigarette. And then it turns out, you know, fast forward, it's way late in the afternoon, still no cigarette. Still no coffee because um, I, I was that busy. But those conversations were very important too. Those are actually more important, those conversations. Because it was, you know, a place with no phones, a place where no one can hear. And, um, you know, the response was, well, if you knew it was going to happen... Why did you let it happen? For the same reason they did. See, you expect things to occur because you know they will occur. And sometimes, knowing they occur, you have to let it because it's not your lesson to learn. You don't get involved. You don't use violence. You just hope and pray and have faith in humanity that they will be able to see and they will be able to hear and they will be able to understand. A lot of people online get into their little pockets of stupid drama, right? It is really stupid. And um, I was, um, I think I was having a conversation with my lawyer at that time. And I kind of said to the fact, well, you know, I, I don't care for it. I don't need help causing chaos in my life. I don't need help uh, being attacked. I don't need help being hurt. I don't need help on being hated, chastised. I don't need help, right? And I do know how to compartmentalize that. I do not partake in that, but I do feel sad. Because it makes me sad when I see people and groups of people having to go through something so horrific when they really don't have to. And that's, that's the key point here. A lot of, of, of things that I have been saying for a while is when you do something, you're supposed to be doing it without the expectation of something in return. 
Um, obviously work is different, right? You go and dig a hole, you go and you're on TV and you're presenting, you go and you dance, you go and play music, you go and type letters, you go and do this shit. You obviously expect remuneration because you're actually toiling and working. But what I mean, when you do things, I mean, when you do things to better your circle, your community, your life, when you go in with no expectation of remuneration, the remuneration just comes to you tenfold. And I do not, and, and, and when people prey on other people, it, it hurts. And I'm not talking about just average people fucking each other over, scamming each other, right? I'm not talking about that or a group of people scamming another group of people or whatever, right? I'm talking about posturing as creating this, this, this thing that suckers them to join in and then not, it's not what it was intended for. That's, that's good. The intentions are wrong. And it really hurts to see it because you can't, you can't go telling people you're a sucker. Well, I did in the meeting today. I did. I mean, they weren't very happy, but they knew. And the more conversation ensued to, um, oh, well, maybe we should just, you know, we should, we should do this publicly. And I disagreed. I said, no, um, this is not it. I, I do not care for that. It should not be done like that. It should be done by the people and they can see. So today, um, aside from awaiting President Trump to come on live and seeing what he has to say, I want to, to explain to you guys what the end goal is for these insane, vicious people. I did a show indicating how uh, they are attempting the Secretary of State to put together a lawsuit to sue and will actually pursue criminal charges against President Trump for trying to overthrow a government. And this is key, but they cannot do it on, on their own, meaning it is just them putting that out verbatim as their news and, and, and circle, circular reporting. So that'll fail. So as we have um, these uh, news organizations reporting and then reporting and then reporting, they are unable to file. The Secretary of State can only use so much. What they need is the J6 to tie it all together. And this is why I showed you guys the video of bonus. I have told you that corrupt individuals do not change plans, projects, and operations that they know have worked in the past. If you remember the video that I showed you, it showed veterans demanding that Congress pass a law, demanding that Congress create 
and facilitate veterans of World War I to have a job um, and a home. Well, what happened? They encircled the Capitol. Then they instigated them to go into the Capitol, but they did not go. They, the, the veterans did not waver, even though they told them storm the Capitol. They did not go in there because they were honorable soldiers. They had camped out in D.C. They brought their belongings, their tents. They camped out in D.C. and they encircled the Capitol, waiting and praying that Congress pass the law. Well, Congress did not pass the law. In fact, they ran away through the back door, never to be seen that day. And the veterans stood there awaiting for them to do their job as elected officials, which they did not. And it was at that point, because they couldn't instigate them to go and riot and enter the Capitol building, Roosevelt ordered General Patton and Eisenhower to bring the tanks, the cavalry, and infantry to attack them if they do not leave. They burnt their belongings to the ground. The people that you say are honorable and amazing did that to veterans. It's not rocket science. Evil is not creative. Evil requires instructions. Evil cannot create new playbooks. Evil cannot invent and manifest out of nowhere. Evil cannot do any of that. They use methods that have been tried and tested over time. And in our history that we are taught, you will see that every single time they have tried this again and again. It was World War I, the bonus thing. I'm sorry. I just popped on to see messages. Thank you for the rumble rant, um, um, Gator. Thank you. That was World War I. Anyway, what I was trying to say is I see this. it's good that I don't look at comments because then I get distracted. The thing about um, corrupt individuals is they're not creative. They cannot manifest. They cannot create. They simply repeat the same and the same and the same. It is not something. This is why it's so easy. This is why the past proves the future. And today we're going to talk about the eras before Jesus's crucifixion. And we're going to look at two of them. And then, to, you know, uh, Sunday, maybe we'll do an extra show if I have time. Um and we'll look at, at another two. The reason being that you will see there, there's a common factor, but you will understand that this era specifically that we are in now is the era that can be forgotten. And I'll explain that. Now, I wanted, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, trauma. And to do this, I have this video 
that talks about the one source of trauma everybody has in common. And the reason I say this, and it may not resonate with you because, oh, I don't have that kind of trauma. I don't have childhood trauma or I don't have this. You know, there's people that have simple trauma, like being rejected by their parents or, you know, being cheated on or, you know, having been married to a criminal, like, you know, being lied to, um, you know, uh, failing and not understanding why, being forced to do things. Everybody has trauma. And it's important that we understand that because then we can understand why predators with half-baked information are so successful at skewing the actual truth. Their job is to literally skew the truth so that you can't see it. And right now you're in an era where everything can be true. If someone tells you that your overlords are nine foot aliens and that as you're sitting on the couch, you know, your neighbor turns into a nine foot alien and sheds their skin, you'll probably believe that shit because, yeah, it's this era. If you um, think that, um, I don't know, your house is alive and that there's people living in the walls and someone does a great video and convinces you of that, you're totally going to believe that that shit. You know, if you believe that everyone's been arrested and hung already, you're totally going to believe that shit. If you're going to, if someone's going to tell you that COVID came from snakes themselves, you're going to believe that shit. If someone tells you there is no God, it's only science. You're floating in space in a, on a big rotating rock and there's nothing else. You're definitely going to believe that shit. The thing is, trauma allows you to be vulnerable. And right now, people are the most vulnerable. They have gone through a roller coaster ride in the United States and the world watching us. The United States is a nation that all other nations look to for music, fashion, movies, progressive ideas, innovation, the newest in technology. Trends, right? We were the trendsetters. Hair, the whole nine. I mean, Paris is really, but you know what I mean. And now, the whole world with us, for the past two decades, and specifically since 2016, has been assaulted. Their minds have been assaulted. Their views have been assaulted. Their their thoughts have been assaulted. They don't know which way is up or down. If you tell someone we have three sons right now, they will most likely believe it. If you tell someone the sky really isn't blue, you keep repeating, they're going to tell you, yep, it's pink. I see it. It's pink. Even though it's blatantly looking blue. And this, again, is because they've traumatized everyone from the way they handled President Trump being elected to the fake Russia conspiracy theory to these Congress people that act in the most insane way. And people are like, is this really happening to the blase, blase response of, well, they're powerful. What can we do about it? Of impotence of man. Well, I can't do anything. Yeah, but they rely on you to be in the position they are. Yeah, but I still can't do anything. Well, you know, you're a loser if you say that. Because when you gang up with your friends, yeah, you can do a lot. You have to unite. They can't sit on a throne that that is le- that is literally on your back 
and you can't do it. You can't take them down. It's like a pyramid. They're sitting at the top. Somebody at the bottom moves, it'll rock a bit. Another person, rock a bit. Another, until they tumble down and fall. But again, trauma allows people to go down all these nasty rabbit holes, crazy rabbit holes, where they hyperanalyze things and convince you that you're seeing something that you're not. And then COVID, oh, you're all going to die, but no one was dying. You need to get the vaccine. Well, I don't know, but we're not going to show you this up. We're going to put blank inserts, literally, to mind fuck the people. And now everyone's getting AIDS. Now the army wants to test everyone for AIDS. And no one gets it. Wait, we were talking about AIDS and fucking COVID in March of 2020. Tori, you should have said it. To who? Am I going to spoon feed you? Because that is exactly what evil needs and makes it a necessity. It does not want you to think. It does not want you to probe. It wants you to simply accept. And this is not how you learn. This is not how you learn. You learn by asking questions. You can discern by asking questions. So let's take a look at this video. And then I'll tell you more about last night and things. Um, let's take a look at this video quickly. This is, it, this is from uh, this guy named... Uh, is the what would you say is the common denominator with all these people, like the pimps, the prostitutes, the terrible childhood, terrible childhood Mm -hmm. for all of us, you, me and everybody else. Yeah. Anything specific about childhood or, I mean, I mean, I mean, I I, I said this in one of the videos, I think the one with Monica from Patrick Katie, I said, uh, you know, soft white underbelly was blue oyster cults, original name. Who's blue oyster cult the band oh oh yes yeah, yeah their original name was soft white underbelly and okay. i just thought that was a cool name and, and and also kind of soft white underbelly to me represents the most vulnerable part of an animal mm-hmm. right? right it's 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 like what's the most vulnerable part of a dog or a cat or a coyote or a bear it's their stomach mm-hmm. it's not protected it's soft it's white usually soft white underbelly is it's the most vulnerable part of the country mm. so these these stories are all about these children when they're most vulnerable Get broken. And that's just so fucked up. Yeah. And if we're not aware of how this all happens, then it'll just continue. Mm-hmm. It'll just continue for another 300 years or 3,000 years. So we'll, why not expose what's, what's broken so that maybe we can do things to protect kids so that maybe this shit won't happen to LaToya. Or her kids, or the you know the next little toys. Mm. So it, it's it's there's a lot of things that are really wrong, and you got to put out these painful stories in order to figure it all out. And that's all I'm doing. So so somebody says, oh, you're exploiting these people and all that. It's like fine, let's let's just not do it. Let's just right. let all these kids get molested and and right. beaten up and abused, and just get back to our Starbucks and forget <sighs> about it all. Or we can look at it and maybe like create some awareness and i see that kind of starting to happen people are going man this is really fucked up the foster system is so broken you know you know there's so many stories of things that are just gone so bad in these people's lives and i think just by becoming more aware of how these things happen and how often they happen we can do things to prevent it Mm -hmm. not not 100 of the time but definitely a lot more than we're we're doing now which is none you know it seems it seems to just happen 
all the time. And so what is it about Skid Row specifically? Like your studio is on Skid Row. What, what is it about Skid Row that, I mean, why is it such a condensed well, I mean, the city of L.A. kind of just decided, like, rather than having these people all over the city, let's try to keep them in one contained spot and just let them exist there. No one goes there. <laughs> you know, most people drive around it or avoid it, and it's kind of out of their way. It's right next to downtown, but no one really goes downtown unless you're going to the downtown part of downtown. Staples Center. Or- yeah, all that, all that. And there's some shopping and there's business and all that stuff downtown. But this is just east of downtown. And you would never go there unless you're trying to buy some crack or heroin or crystal meth. Do you think it's a good thing that Skid Row exists? Or do you think there's a better well, option? I mean, you, you could build a little thing out in the desert where you take all these people and all the tents and all that and you put them in the desert somewhere and then they're out of sight. They still exist. <laughs> they're still on our planet, but, but you don't see them anymore. So out of sight makes everyone feel better perhaps. But you know, it's kind of like what, that's what my videos do. They make you see that this is going on and it goes on in every country. I see it going on all over Tampa, you know, right oh, here. Yeah. It happens all over your city. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm, I've been to every state. I've seen this kind of stuff in every state. Maybe the population is smaller in North Dakota than it is in LA, but it happens in North Dakota. <laughs> it happens everywhere. Different forms of it. It looks different. In North, you know, it's, it's American Indians perhaps in, yeah. in North Dakota. And it's, it's all kinds of people in LA and in Tampa, it's this and, and it's all over. It seems like all you hear about in the news is trillions of dollars being spent on different things, different stimulus for different stimulus packages or different wars are spending trillions of dollars on. But there's all this shit going on right under our noses that it seems like if you actually paid attention to it and it was your job to pay attention to it, it wouldn't be that hard to fix if you had trillions of dollars. It, it, you know, it's a complicated very complex problem. You know, you, you know, like when Nancy Reagan was doing her war on drugs, just say no to drugs and all that kind of stuff. It's like, drugs are not the problem. No. Drugs aren't the problem. Drugs are just a, a symptom of the problem. The problem is these people had terrible, terrible, terrible things happen to them when they were six years old. Usually it's something to do with their dad or their uncle or their cousin or their whatever. And that's painful for a human to, to deal with. So what do you do? You, you come become hyper-sexualized or you start using drugs or you do something to escape from that. And you do, if you do enough drugs, eventually you become addicted. So then you're a drug addict. So, you, you, so let's, let's say you cure that addiction. You haven't solved the problem. The problem is what happened to her at six years old. Mm. How do you fix that? You don't. So you can patch her all the time you want, but she'll eventually keep redoing the same behavior. Mm. And that's, that's really what's, what's going on. Well, how do you, how do you, how do you fix that? How do you fix the people who created that problem? How do you fix the uncle? How do you, how do you, how do you stop that? Well, I mean, what is the answer to, maybe, to creating maybe, less losers? Maybe you castrate these guys that are sex offenders. Maybe something happened to that guy though. When he no, was a kid, it, it, right? did, it did. It was I a, mean, that, that's, that's why I'm, chain I'm, reaction. Totally, I'm totally non-judgmental in these talks I did yesterday. I'm, I'm not saying, dude, you're a bad dude. You, mm-hmm. You're evil. I'm never saying that ever. And then as well, I mean, you, I'm sure you like, I'm not, again, I'm not saying it's good or bad, but I'm sure a lot of people who are living in that village full of sex offenders are people who didn't commit crazy crimes. No, maybe, no, I, maybe they were in the wrong place in the wrong time and a girl was drunk and no, 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 underage. I, I talked to one guy who was, uh, he met a girl in a club. He had to be 18 years old to get in the club. So that means everyone in there is of age. She had a fake ID saying she was 19. 
He was 25. So she's nine. She's uh, six years younger than he is. They had some fun. Then he finds out that she was only 16 and he did like seven, eight years in prison. And now he's a sex offender. He has to register twice a year for the rest of his life. He has to live in this, you know, this mobile home park. He can't do anything with his life. He can't get a job without, Oh, you're a sex offender, which is the worst thing you could ever be branded as. Right. Mm-hmm. So good luck getting, you know, because to, to survive in the world, you have to do it with gusto. You have to be confident. You have to be like, I'm going to go kick ass at this job interview tomorrow. Watch, yeah. watch me kick some ass tomorrow. No, I'm yeah. ready. <laughs> These guys aren't ready for no. anything after that. No, the system is fucked. The system is not designed to help people become better. Better. It's designed to to make money off people who are off incarcerating people. Yeah, I mean, yeah. No, I mean, I, I see that the cops they were very. In the, in, this is just one guy's case, and some of these guys are, are serial, right? For sure, child rapists, and and that's a totally different animal. And one of the talks was on how there are all these different levels of sex offenders. One of the guys mentioned this in the talks yesterday, and that was interesting because I think he's right. There are a sex offender is not a sex offender. Some some guys just, you know, I talked to one guy who was just nothing but you know child porn, and that became a that I asked him what 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 got you into ch- child porn. And he says that was it was just my I get I became desensitized to regular porn, so I needed something more extreme, and and so that's one story. Another one was a guy just got set up. Uh, you know, the cops did a sting, and he ended up meeting a 14 year old girl at a gas station. And next thing, you know, he was high on crystal meth and he, he just wanted to have some fun with somebody. And she turned out she was 14 and, and the cops even like, I think he told me the cops, uh, it was older, actually a woman of his age that he was meeting. But then she said, Oh, you got to meet my daughter. My daughter's 13 or something like that. So she was pimping out her daughter. She was, it was a cop. It was, oh, it was, it was a cop. It was got a it. sting. And they were saying, mm-hmm. my daughter's, you know, you should meet my daughter. She's really whatever. So the whole thing was all being set up by the cops and the guy got, eventually got caught, never, never had sex with anybody, but he got, he got, <laughs> he got nailed. So I'm not, I'm not defending anybody. I, all mm-hmm. I'm doing is presenting some stories. I'm not saying anyone is good or anyone is bad. Mm-hmm. I just think it's, I think it's important for us just to listen and understand. How many interviews have you done total? Do you know? I have probably like 2,300 now. 2,300 interviews. In the last uh, year and a half. Right. Wow. And I know that there's a problem with rumble right now. If you actually refresh your browser, you won't be able to get back in. I'm dealing with that now. Um, Give me a second. Give me a sec while I let me just play a song in the intermission while I contact technical support. Give me a second. We can watch something else, which kind of goes with the conversation. Let's go. Welcome to the world, Boy, I'll paint you red and white and blue. The indoctrination starts as soon as you come out the womb. Pretty quick, we'll make you stupid with curriculums at school. And if the classroom doesn't do the trick, we'll make you watch the news. Pick your team, right or left. Pick the red pill or the blue. You can vote, but even if you win, still everyone will lose. Don't forget to buy designer because Gucci makes you cool. We prioritize material belongings over truth. Get a job that you can't stand so you can buy some cans of food. Go overseas and die for freedom. There's some oil we can use. Our democracy exists so that you think that you can choose. But our algorithms make you do what we want want you to do what's the problem you're depressed society has you confused we got medication for you that you'll probably abuse don't get married to a lady who also don't have a clue and pop out a few babies that are just the same as you welcome to the system everyone's a victim doesn't matter if you're black or white it hates you all here inside the system violence is a symptom fighting for what's right but somehow everyone is wrong welcome to the system everyone's a victim doesn't matter if you're black or white it hates you all 
ignorance of the system. Violence is a symptom. Fighting for what's right, but somehow everyone is wrong. Welcome to the world, baby girl. I'll paint you pink if that's okay. We'll encourage self-destruction through the music that you play. We divided all the men by trying politics and race. And honestly, it's working awesome. So for you, we'll do the same. Never teaching you to love yourself. Inject you full of hate. Objectify your sexuality. Then blame you for the rape. And weaponize the differences that make our men and women great. Then just to screw with you, erase the genders. Everyone's the same. We'll empower you with rights to vote and fight for equal pay. Then have the men turn into women and you'll fight for them again. But you thought you had it figured out, but everything has changed. Welcome to the system. Please enjoy your stay. Here's a Bible and a bottle of the cheapest booze we make. Find a man who can take care of you to fill the holes we made. Buy a house and settle down, fulfill your duty, procreate, and make a couple babies who will also do the same. Welcome to the system, everyone's a victim. Doesn't matter if you're black or white, it hates you all. Here inside the system, violence is a symptom. Fighting for what's right, but somehow everyone is wrong. Welcome to the system, everyone's a victim. Doesn't matter if you're black or white, it hates you all. Inside the system, violence is a symptom Fighting for what's right, but somehow everyone is wrong Welcome to the world, everybody. I'ma paint you black and white. I'ma make you hate each other so that everyone will fight. I'ma give you our religion, let the righteous find the light, but I will also give you science to oppose the word of Christ. And I'ma give you borders, they're imaginary lines. If you cross them, go to war and win when everybody dies. And I'ma give you money that you'll value more than life and let the 1% have everything while you fight to survive. And then I'll give you politics, I'll call it left and right. And while you divide yourselves, I will conquer both the sides. Can't you see? I'm the system, my whole purpose is divide. What you choose will never matter because every Everything is mine. Welcome to the system, everyone's a victim. Doesn't matter if you're black or white, it hates you all. Here inside the system, violence is a symptom. Fighting for what's right, but somehow everyone is wrong. Welcome to the system, everyone's a victim. Doesn't matter if you're black or white, it hates you all. Here inside the system, violence is a symptom. Fighting for what's right, but somehow everyone is wrong. Welcome to the system, everyone's a victim. Doesn't matter if you're black or white, it hates you all. Here inside the system, violence is a symptom Fighting for what's right, but somehow everyone is wrong Wow, that's a, a lot of truth right there A lot A system A system put in place to hold us hostage To whatever they have decided should run our lives It is a system It's the Hotel California it is literally the Hotel California. And that's what sucks. It really does suck. That we are in a hotel that we can't check out of. <laughs> and we're bound by whatever rules they have. Like that book by C.S. Lewis, The Great Divorce. The gates to hell were locked from the inside. And that's true. People create their own hell. People create their own drama. People create their own pain. People create their own scenarios in their mind as to what is. They have skewed ideas of things. They believe that you know toxic responses and actions are okay and warranted because someone has feelings. It's like that movie, Ants. It was when the bigger bugs realized that one ant isn't much, two, maybe not so much, but a whole group of ants is a problem. So instead of doing what they did with anyone 
who spoke up against a system, they decided to fractionalize your identity and your mind. And it's, it's horrific because everyone is on a script. You know, yesterday, after having discussions and, you know, now I've, I've, I have a kind of a deadline by Tuesday morning to have a very proper report. So it's, it's kind of nice that, you know, I'm in a little place that has um, uh, a little pool, uh, which was fantastic, by the way. I dipped into it before I, um, I got online um, with, you know, Phoebe's, you know, being taken care of by her sister for the next few days um, and her brother-in-law. Uh, and they're taking care of my kitty cat and puppies, right? I get to sit and just pump out work. Um, no mermaid tail. <laughs> but I have to say, I realize that the sadness that I see in people when I was um, when I was on my on my way to Publix to go get some water and coffee and sugar, you know, because the Airbnbs don't have stuff like that, right? Um, I saw people constantly on their phone, constantly listening to something, constantly with their earbud in their ears, you know, just doing something. People that run, people that were exercising, doing whatever. And I realized, wow, people are not okay to just be by themselves. Like people are not okay to just be with themselves, like to like themselves, to be just alone and in silence. And, and the reason is, is because they have been conditioned to seek a way to pacify thoughts. This is why people are put on medications. This is why people can't sleep at night because they're constantly thinking. And it is, it is so painful to see it. Um, and today, the conversations I had were astounding from the point that people are really losing the plot, uh, you know, and the conversations yesterday, I realized that some of them are, are realizing that the walls are closing in on them and they just can't figure out what to do with that thorn that they can't get rid of. One of them is me. And the reason is, is because resilience is identified with truth. No matter how much you quash it, thousands of years, a hundred years, 10 years, one hour, a minute, it's like poop. It floats. So all your hidden shit will float. And, and this is why yesterday during the conversation, uh, someone signed um, their book and said, you're the most human ghost of all time. Uh, because while many people in today's conversation were 
okay, so what do we do? Let's do it like this. And it's like, why would you cause more harm? Why this? I was the only one there. And they're like, but you, no, 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 no. This is the point. The point is that we should not be repeating things. We should not be doing things the same way and expect a different result. We cannot fight something that has been planned with a plan. That's the problem that we have is that people refuse to do that. They refuse to sit back and just be human because, you know, humans are evil and they will always do evil things. So let's take a hiatus from this and hop on to see what our president has to say live. And um, I'm going to be streaming it from YouTube, from RSVN. And they're, they're incredible. I support them on YouTube just to keep them going. Oh, and for all of you out there, I need to get my YouTube channel above 100,000 before I do something on it. So if you guys can, find Tori Says. I have like 77,000 followers. Please just subscribe so I can get my subscribership above that number. And um, that would be fantastic. Now, before we delve into today's discussions and before we jump into it um you know I was kind of I was kind of sad that my court was on the same day I I I was going to go see 2,000 mules but I think it was better that I didn't only because the next day conversations were way better and on that day it would have been super toxic so I'm already um I'm already past that. Damn, why did that happen? So let me make this a bigger screen. And let's take a listen to what our president has to say in Pennsylvania. Let's go. What weather? What weather? Wait a Rain all you want. We're going to have a lot of fun, Pennsylvania. We're going to have a lot of fun. They said, sir, the weather's so bad. We could do it another night. I said, you tell that to Pennsylvania because I'm not going to. This is great. It's great to be back in this beautiful Commonwealth with thousands of proud, hardworking American patriots. And six months from now, the people of Pennsylvania are going to vote to fire the radical left Democrats. And you're going to send Dr. Oz to fight for you in the U.S. Senate. And you're going to elect an incredible slate of true America first Republicans to Congress. And together, we are going to end crazy Nancy Pelosi. She's crazy. You end her career. They say she wants to move to Florida. Keep her the hell out of Florida. Keep her where she is. Earlier this week, our movement had a series of blockbuster victories in Ohio and Indiana. You know that, right? We nominated an amazing group of mega patriots to fight for us in November, including the future U.S. Senator, 
You know who that is? J.D. Vance. Where the hell is J.D.? Where's J.D.? What a guy. He, boy, he's riding high right now. J.D., we love you. You are riding high. He's going to have a great future, and we're going to have a great future with another person that we happen to be here for. In fact, every single candidate that I endorsed won their primaries on Tuesday. They went 22-0, and and in Texas, a couple of weeks before, we won 33-0. and So we have a total record of 55-0. and And we actually had a funny event take place, actually, in, uh, in Ohio. A man named J.R. Majewski. Do you know J.R.? We love J.R. So J.R. was sort of a candidate, but I think he was sort of just lingering and having a little fun. And we had a tremendous crowd for all of the incredible patriots of Ohio. And we had just an amazing crowd. And I said, where's J.R. Majewski? Is he around here? You could see his hand way the hell in the back. And what he is, he's a farmer. He's a great farmer. And he'd carved Trump into the cornfield or whatever field. Wheat, corn, whatever the hell he had. And he'd carve in massive, massive letters Trump. And you could see it from 30,000 feet above in an airplane. And they did a story about him. And I called him out. I said, JR, I want to thank you now. I didn't want to endorse him because he wasn't really going to win. But I called him out and we had lots of people. We had lots of people there. And guess what happened? Now, he was running against very good professional politicians. J.R. Majewski won for Congress. Can you believe this? He's your nominee. And he'll be great. But uh, we didn't expect that. So maybe we can say instead of 55, that we should be given 56 for that one. But he's great. And we have a lot of fun. And we have a country that's in big trouble. Tuesday's primary results are just the latest proof that we have transformed the face of the Republican Party. Thank goodness. We are now the working people's party. But we're really the party of everyone. We're the party. You know what? We're the party of common sense. I think more than anything else. We believe in putting America first, and we're going to keep on fighting to make America great again. And, you know, sadly, we have a new theme, too. It's called Save America, because our country has to be saved. These people are destroying our country. They're destroying our country. So we want to save America, too. It's a sad that's a sad statement to make. Who would have thought we would have had to make? We, we never did so good as we were doing a year and a half ago. But we have to save America, save our country. You could take the five worst presidents in American history and put them together, and they would not have done the damage that Joe Biden has done to our country in just 16 months. The contrast between the Trump administration's amazing success and Joe Biden's breathtaking failure. There's never been anything. Nobody's ever seen anything like this. Even the fake news is saying it a little bit now. As bad as they are and as fake as they are, they could not 
be more stark. And let's look at the facts. I got gas way down to $1.87 a gallon. And they have it, if you can get it, at $5, $6, $7, even $8 last week a gallon. And, you know, when you talk about inflation, that's a big factor right there. A lot of the inflation that you see is because of what we did. We were energy independent a year and a half ago. Who would believe it? We didn't need anybody. Now we go into uh, places like Venezuela. We're back with OPEC. We're accepting oil from Iran, even though they say they're not. They are. With the help of Pennsylvania energy workers, we achieved American energy independence. And you remember I said they are going to kill you on energy. Pennsylvania is a big energy state. They've destroyed it. Biden surrendered our energy dominance and he goes begging to OPEC. You know, you didn't hear the word OPEC for four years. Russia, Venezuela, Iran, many other countries that you would have never thought you even had to do business with. We created the safest border in the history of the United States. We ended catch and release. We deported record numbers of illegal alien gang members like MS-13. MS-13, you know what they do? They use knives because they're more painful. They cut young women up. They cut them up into pieces. They're animals. We built hundreds of miles of border wall. In fact, we completely finished our original plan. We then added much more border wall and almost got that finished too. Three weeks more would have been finished. And then we had the rigged election, okay? The border wall was a great success and gave us record low illegal immigration. The border was the best ever, and they've turned it into the worst ever. We had the best border we've ever had in the history of our country recorded. And now we have the worst border we've ever had. And all you have to do is look at it. And, you know, the fake news hardly covers it. You can turn on to ABC, CBS, NBC, watch Deface the Nation. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Donald Trump on Deface the Nation. You can watch uh, NBC fake news, Sleepy Eyes Chuck Todd. They don't talk about it. They don't show what's going on. They're poisoning our country. I rebuilt our military, including our nuclear capability and the creation of Space Force, 75 years since Air Force. And they decided to give $85 billion through incompetence and stupidity of our military away to the Taliban, including 700,000 machine guns, rifles and firearms of all types as well as brand new airplanes, helicopters, tanks, and listen to this, 70,000 trucks. You know, there's not a used car lot dealer that would have probably 500, 600, 70,000, and many of them are armor-plated and the most expensive you can buy. 70,000 trucks. Think of that. I was getting us safely out of Afghanistan. I'm the one that got it down to 2,000. We were going to keep Bagram because of China, one hour away from where China makes its nuclear weapons. We want to keep Bagram. We gave it away. You know who's occupying Bagram right now? China. 
creating peace in the Middle East, ending the endless wars and bringing our troops the hell back home. It's time. 21 years. Biden turned Afghanistan into the greatest humiliation in American history. I believe that, too, with soldiers killed and horrifically wounded. Nobody talks about the soldiers that lost their legs and their arms and more and hostages that were left behind. We have American hostages that were left behind, many of them. Putin saw this incredible weakness, and that's when he decided to invade Ukraine. He didn't look at Ukraine when I was there. He would never have done it. Would have never, ever happened 100%. And now you look at the death and the destruction. This is the most dangerous time in the history of our country because of the incredible power of modern day weaponry. They don't know how to deal with Vladimir Putin. They don't. They're saying exactly the wrong thing at the wrong time. They know nothing about psychology and what it takes to end this madness that's going on. Millions of people will end up being killed because we don't know what the hell we're doing. They are saying exactly the wrong thing at the wrong time. This should never have happened. And frankly, it should not be allowed to continue, should not be allowed to continue. What's going on in Ukraine should not be allowed to continue. There was no reason for that to happen. And I'm telling you, he watched Afghanistan and he saw what happened, the way we pulled out. Well, we took our military out first. Whoever heard, how stupid could you be? Do you know, when I was there, I spoke to the leader of the Taliban, Abdul. And I said, Abdul, no more. You're not going to kill any of us. So they were killing a lot of soldiers under Obama snipers and everything else. And I said, no more. You're not going to do it, Abdul. I said it much. Tougher. I don't want to sort of imitate it now. But I said, Abdul, if you do anything more, we're going to blow you to pieces. We're going to blow you to pieces. And he said, yes, Your Excellency, I understand. He called me Your Excellency, which was nice. I wonder if he calls Biden Your Excellency. Actually, no, Biden wouldn't speak to him. We're so angry at what took place. And we're so angry at them and the gross incompetence. The only thing they're good at is rigging elections. It's the only thing they do well. It's the only thing they know how to do. But we have the wrong people in the wrong place at the wrong time. That's what we have. Under my leadership, America was strong and America was respected like never before. And not all of the foreign leaders loved me. Why would they? I said, you have to pay for NATO. You have to take our goods. The trade deals were no good. I redid trade deals and made them great. Mexico, Canada now, both countries, you know, we did the USMCA, which was NAFTA, which was a disaster. We made the USMCA, which is great. And Mexico and Canada now want to renegotiate the deal. And so the United States says, oh, well, we'll love to meet with you anytime. And they will do that. And yet we got screwed for many, many decades with that horrible deal that we had to live with. Nobody said, let's renegotiate it. But we renegotiated. We got a great deal at USMCA. Now, leaders of countries don't return Biden's phone calls. They don't want to talk to him. So many of them said, no, he called. We're not going to talk to him. They want nothing to do with him. They want nothing to do with our country, under, unless they can rip us off, in which case they'd love to deal with us, which is what's happened. Because we've been ripped off by everybody, both on trade, with military, with NATO, 
just a disaster what we've done. You know, in NATO, I got them to pay hundreds of billions of dollars. They weren't paying their bills. I said, you're delinquent. They said, well, if we're delinquent, sir, will you defend us? Should Russia attack? I said, no, if you're delinquent, I'm not defending you. And the following day, the money poured in. It was a beautiful thing to see. Under the Trump administration, we had the greatest economy in the history of the world with virtually no inflation. We had no inflation. We had energy. We had cheap gasoline. We had cheap electricity. We, everything was so good. All they had to do is go to the beach and relax. The best borders. Biden created the worst inflation in more than 50 years, and it's going to go much higher. It's costing families more than $6,000 a year. That's bigger than any tax increase ever proposed. And by the way, they are going to increase your taxes. They're going to give you the largest tax increase in history. I gave you the largest tax cut in the history of our country, larger than the tax cut given by Ronald Reagan, and gave you the largest regulation cuts in American history. That's why we had so many jobs. And you know, when you hear about their low, when you hear about their low unemployment numbers, they're terrible numbers, because we had 164 million people working. They don't have anywhere near that. Because people aren't working and they say, we're not looking for a job. So then they say three and a half and four percent. But that's not true. It's not correct. It's not correct. It's fake news. You're right. Thank you very much. <laughs> I was looking for that. Did we come up with a great term with fake news? Is that good? We came up with a lot of great ones. Crooked Hillary. Crooked. How crooked is Hillary Clinton? Did you see last week? It was big. Thursday, they came out, they got into the law firms, I guess, or somebody. I don't know. They got into various people that were having to do with the Russia hoax. And they have emails like, I can't believe this is going on. They're believing this stuff about Russia, Russia, Russia. Now, let's keep it going as long as we can. It was set up as a way of explaining a fake. It was a fake con job. You know, con job was a con job. They set it up as a way of explaining why she lost. And we lost. And I'll tell you what. We made her lose. You know why? We had huge crowds. She didn't have crowds. Anyway, it was an explanation for why she lost. It was Russia. Russia. Everyone said, that's strange. You know, during the campaign, people would come up to me and they'd say, sir, do you know anything about Russia? No. Why do you ask? No, I don't really. I mean, I can tell you about Russia, but why do you ask? I don't know, sir, just I hear about Russia. Then another one would come up and they'd say, uh, sir, have you had anything to do with Russia? No. Why? Why do you ask? That's a strange question. Then again, a month later, a young staffer would come up. Oh, sir, it's so, such a pleasure to meet you, sir. Oh, you're going to be such a great president, sir. Were you involved with Russia? I said, what the hell is going on with Russia? Disinformation. You know, they're full of disinformation. That's what they are. That's all they're good at, that stuff. But it's disinformation. And then four or five more times, I, say, I call my people. I say, could somebody explain what the hell is going on with Russia? And then I see this guy on television being interviewed, one of Hillary Clinton's top honchos. And he said, yeah, yeah, it was Russia. That's what it was. It was Russia. 
Remember John Lovitz, the liar, on a, sh a horrible show now, but it used to be good, right? It used to be good. I actually hosted it Saturday Night Live. I hosted it and two great ratings, I might add, but I hosted that was before I ran for politics. After I ran for politics, they weren't too interested in having me hosted, although I covered a lot of time. And Alec Baldwin's a sick puppy. He was terrible. I, was, I don't know. I haven't seen the new guy, but I, I hear he's better than Alec Baldwin. But anybody would be. You'd be. Anybody in the front row. Well, that's true. But, uh, but uh, that was uh, not, a, not, a very good, not a very good show. It's become a very bad show. It used to be a little bit funny. But some pretty interesting things come out of it. Hey, by the way, Alec Baldwin, did he pull the trigger? No, I think he's a sick person. I've been, I've watched him. He's a psycho. Something happened there. That's a strange deal. And he shouldn't have done those interviews. Those interviews were not good. They were not good. He goes, lock him up. And you may find that could be he is one sick puppy. We created 7 million new jobs. We had a record 164 million people working, a record never, ever been achieved. By the way, 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 way higher than we are right now. Now people aren't working. And if they're not working, they take you off the rolls and then they say what great employment numbers you have. That's not true. We achieved the largest poverty reduction in 50 years and lifted 7 million people off food stamps. And we lifted... 10 million people off of welfare, and they were happy. They all had good jobs. Under Biden, there's still millions fewer jobs than before. The pandemic was a disaster for him. Everyone said, oh, he's going to fix it. H1N1, you know what that is, right? H1N, that was a small version of the pandemic years before when he was in charge. Did a horrible job. I said, why is he going to do good on this one? He used to call it N1H1. It's actually H. It's easy to remember because H comes before N, right? So the H1N1 would also say things like, it's great to be with you in Florida tonight. Thank you. It's great. There were no palm trees. There were trees that looked like this. And he did that many, many times. You know, he'd be in Idaho and it'd say Iowa. If I ever did it once, I'd be dead. They'd say, it's over for him. But, you know, uh, by the way, one thing I have to say, I love Arnold Palmer. Latrobe, Latrobe, Pennsylvania. He asked me to play golf with him at Latrobe because I knew him really well the last 15 years of his life. And uh, he was a great man. He was incredible. You know, a story quick about Arnold. His father was a uh, laborer. He was actually a sod carrier. He was a very strong person. And Arnold Latrobe is very close. And Arnold was learned to play using other people's clubs. They had no money to buy a club. And Arnold would come in after hours and had used members' clubs and it learn and he became great. Then he won the U.S. Amateur. Then he turned pro. And right from the beginning, he made a lot of money. He went back and he bought the course. Do you know that? He bought the course. And he put his father on as superintendent and ultimately made his father the manager of the club. And he owned the club right until his last day. Winnie is buried there, his wife, who he loved so much. I was with him as we walked past where she was and he started crying. I mean, Arnold was an incredible, an incredible man. And I said, so Arnold, you could be on the ocean. You could be on the West Coast, East Coast. You could be along the Potomac River. You could be anywhere. 
you've decided to stay right here. He said, I love this area. I love Pennsylvania and I love Latrobe. So amazing. Amazing story. Think of it. He goes out and he ends up buying it and makes his father the boss. I mean, it's just it's that's what our country is all about. He once said to me, so do you think that I should finance an airplane? Because, you know, Arnold was very rich. He made a lot of money. IMG was his thing. That's a big, huge company. But Arnold was very rich. And he said, uh, all my people want me to finance an airplane. He was buying an airplane. Should I finance it? I said, well, do you need the money? No. I said, then don't finance it. In other words, his instinct is, why do I finance an airplane if I don't need the money? But he loved Pennsylvania and he loved this area. And I wanted to tell you, he had a choice to be at Pebble Beach. He had a choice to be along the Pacific Ocean, the Atlantic Ocean or any other ocean that he wanted. And he didn't want to move. He never even thought about it. He was a great man. And he's looking down right now. But he was a great man. And he loved your state. Under Biden, four million people have not returned to the labor force. Real wages have declined 12 months in a row and the economy sucks. And last month, you read this, it shrank 1.4% in the first quarter. And the fake news is trying to say, think of it, the economy went down for the first time in many years. And the fake news, these guys are, look at all of them, in the rain, they're standing in the rain. They're standing in the rain. They're standing in the rain. They should stand in the rain. I'd like to have them in the rain every, every night. I'd like them to be in the rain. But they were saying I was watching the fake news. No, the economy uh, went down a little bit, but that's good news. They're the only ones that can say the economy shrank. You know, the economy shrank, and it's good news. On COVID, which I call the China virus because I want to be accurate, we had tremendous, tremendous success with therapeutics and Operation Warp Speed. Nobody anywhere in the world did it like us, and... I rejected mandates, I rejected unscientific lockdowns, and I fought to get our children the hell back in school as soon as you can. And, you know, very importantly, a lot of people now are realizing this, but I let Republican governors run their states the way they should be run without interference from the federal government. But with a lot of help from the federal government in getting ventilators and therapeutics and supplies of all shapes, sizes and kinds to them without cost or without delay. And they've done an incredible job. A lot of the Republican governors have done an incredible job. You remember when governors get credit for doing this great job, which they really did. The Republican governors did a tremendous job. And honestly, the Democrat governors did a terrible job. I can't think of one that did good. And I dealt with all of them. And, you know, on the phone, one would have these weekly meetings with uh, all the governors, 50 governors, and would have these weekly meetings. The Democrat governors, thank you so much for getting us to Ventura. Thank you. I wish you could hear these calls. They actually do have transcripts of all those calls. But now nobody cares, unfortunately. But they would be so nice to me. Thank you, sir, that you've done an incredible job. They didn't have a news conference outside. We're not happy with the president. But we made them pay when we heard that. But it's because I let the Republican governors do what they wanted to do. It made it all possible for the great success that they've had. And and uh, the relationship we have with them is fantastic. By contrast, under Biden, more people died of COVID last year than all of 2020. 
they failed on testing, they failed on therapeutics, and they imposed horrific mandates, punishing lockdowns and radical mask regulations. What a gift from hell that was, right? From China. What a gift from hell. And don't forget, I closed this down to China. We would have lost perhaps hundreds of thousands of people more. Thankfully, a Trump-appointed judge recently struck down Biden's ridiculous mask mandate in a righteous victory for American freedom. Joe Biden and the radical left Democrats have turned calm into chaos, competence into incompetence, and stability into anarchy, prosperity into poverty, and security into a catastrophe. You look at Afghanistan again and again. We'll never forget it. It would be nice if they would talk about it. They never talk about it, the fake news, because it's so horrific what happened. It was so bad, they never talk about it. The election was rigged and stolen, and now our country is being destroyed because of it. None of these things would have happened. Meanwhile, we have a president who has no idea what's happening, who's shaking hands with thin air while Putin talks about nuclear weapons all the time. Just look at this video. You know, we spend all this money on this wonderful technology, but it is we bought this beautiful, these great screens. I don't know how the hell they're going to work in this rain, but we'll give it a shot. But take a look at this incredible scene, and it's very sad to watch. Thank you. Television, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night. The, the phone. What am I doing here? Oh, Putin's kleptocracy. Uh, yeah. Kleptocracy. The guys who are the kleptocracies. <laughs> but these are bad guys. I got them. $1.9 trillion relief so far. I wrote the bill on the environment. Pay them more. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international effort to pressure, isolate, and punish China. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the goal. You know the you know the thing. So the best way to get something done, if you if you hold near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to anyway. <laughs> Thank you very much. But it's sad, and he's surrounded by very smart but vicious people that I really believe hate our country. I really believe that because they are smart people. They're vicious, and they use law enforcement to go after and hunt people. You see what they're doing. Nobody's ever done anything like they're doing. He's surrounded by these people, and we have to be victorious. We're not going to have a country left. And once and for all, Joe Biden should 
put the question to rest. I don't think we really need to know the answer because we already do. By taking a cognitive test and releasing the results for the entire world to see. Just like I did. I did it. I got tired of these fake stories from these fake reporters. Then I took the test. And uh, Ronnie Jackson, Doc Ronnie, right? He's Doc Ronnie. He's Admiral Ronnie. And he's now Congressman Ronnie from Texas. He's a great man. And he was the doctor of Bush and Obama, younger Bush, who got us into the Middle East. He did a great job, didn't he? One of the worst presidents in our history, whether you like him or not, whether you like a Republican or not. He got us into the Middle East. He should be ashamed of himself for what he did. And he never got us out. And neither did Obama get us out. But I got you out. With the support of all of these patriots, and he should take the test. And by the way, everybody running for president should be forced to take this test. You see that now. And I started by saying our country's at the most dangerous point in history. That's so true. And we have people, some of them maybe don't care. Others don't get it. They're not into the world of deals or psychology or dealing with other people. But this is the most dangerous. And, you know, now they're all bragging about what they did. Let Ukraine take the credit. But you got to get out. They got to make a deal. Got to make a deal. Russia's going to make a deal. They would make a deal. Ukraine should make a deal. There's not a lot left, though. You know, the, uh, the time to do it was at the beginning before it started. It would have never happened. Even if they didn't make a deal, it would have never happened. I spoke with Putin about it a lot, and I told him what would happen if it did, and he understood that. And we never had, you know, a lot of people, they say, actually, a lot of the radical left say, we agree that if Trump were president, that would not have happened. That's just such a horrible thing. But they knew that it was not something that was going to. And the fact is, for four years, it didn't happen. It's never even thought about. Nor did Taiwan happen with President Xi of China. That didn't happen. With the support of all the patriots here tonight, we saved our country once, and together we will save our country again. I ran twice, I won twice, and did much better the second time than I did the first time, getting 12 million more votes than we did in 2016, and likewise getting more votes than any president in the history of our country. We got more votes by millions than any president in the history of our country by far. And now we may have to do it again. And I hope all of you can go out and see something that I think is genius. It's uh, really amazing. It just came out the night before last. It opened. It had a premiere in a Florida beautiful house, small little place, a quaint place called Mar-a-Lago. And we had over a thousand people, very important people. And, you know, they'll try and suppress it as much as possible. But it's determinative, definitive, whatever word you want to use. You know, they like to use determinative. That means election changing, definitive election changing, or just say it was election changing, probably. But I hope you can see the genius of Dinesh D'Souza's incredible new documentary. 
It's called 2,000 Mules. And basically, Biden didn't get the votes, but he did get the ballots, okay, in a sense. But it's an incredible, it's an incredible documentary. I mean, if, if the people that do this stuff is, were fair, this would get every award. There'd be nothing even close. This exposes the fraud like nothing else. Right now, their cameras are starting to turn off because they said, here he goes again. And by the way, if I didn't go, we would lose a lot of our base. You know, somebody came up to me the other day and they said, sir, I'd like to thank you for something. What? You never conceded. Thank God you never conceded. Isn't that true? I never, I didn't think of it that way. Can't concede when you won. And these people that say, sir, you won. Many people, sir, sir, it doesn't matter, sir. You're leading by 30 points. You're up 70, 80 points in the Republican primary. Nobody's close. And you're leading Biden. I guess some poll came out. I'm leading him by like 15, 16 points. Who the hell wouldn't be this, this person right here? Did you ever run for politics? No, you would be leading by more than me. <laughs> but they say, and I hate it, you know, and they're friends. They're good people. They're good rhinos. You know, we have good rhinos, too, by the way. Not too many of them. But they'll say, sir, it doesn't matter what happened. You're going to win the next time. We may not have a country the next time. But I will say this. It used to be, would have to say, in four years. Now we're down to less than two and a half years. It's starting to get very reasonable. It's starting to get very reasonable. And in November, you have the midterms coming. And, you know, we're going through the primaries right now. So far, the numbers that we're putting up are incredible. And I take that with great pride because when we endorse them, it's not me. We are endorsing these people, not me. And, you know, we endorse a lot of people a little bit out of the box. You know, they said, well, does he endorse frontrunners? No. J.D. was not leading. And they put an unbelievable, an unbelievable amount of negative crap, just like they're doing with Oz, the same thing. They're spending millions and millions and millions of dollars. And they're trying to hurt him so badly. I just think he's going to win. He's a great gentleman. I've known him so long. And we endorsed J.D. and he was like a rocket ship. He went, Pioing. it didn't make any difference. It didn't make any difference to them. All the ads, they hit him that last week as hard as any human being has ever been hit. Sort of like Abdul would have been hit. But he decided he was very smart. Abdul said to me, you know, he said, but sir, why? Why do you send me a picture of my home? It's true. I sent him a beautiful picture. Actually, lives in quite a nice place. One of our most urgent priorities when Republicans retake Congress must be to end the nightmare on the southern border, which is one of the most horrible things to ever happen to our country, where our country is being poisoned, weakened, and permanently stained. Illegal aliens are pouring in by the millions and millions and millions. Nobody knows what the number is. They say 2 million, 3 million. I think it's 15 million. And it's only going to get worse. And they want to get rid of some of the remaining things. We had remain in Mexico. How good is that? You think that was easy to get? I went to the State Department. I said, give me the top 10 things. I went to the Border Patrol and the ICE people. 
the officials. I said, give me your top 15 things, your top 10 things. I'll get them all from Mexico. They laughed at me. Everybody laughed. Border Patrol. These guys are so incredible, by the way. And dice. And they gave me the list. And somebody at the State Department, a woman, she was fantastic. She worked on Mexico for 25 years. She said, sir, you'll never get this. We've been asking for this for many, many years. I said, 100% I will. They say, sir, you'll never get it. I had little things like you have to remain in Mexico. You can't come into our country. We want 28,000 people to guard our border as we're building the border wall. 28,000 soldiers. They said, sir, you, we never even asked for that. Part. That's ridiculous. Sir, you'll never get it. I say 100% you're going to get it. 100%. I would bet you any amount. But of course, I don't want to be Mitt Romney when he said, I'll bet you 10,000. Do you remember that disaster? It's, now, he's a disaster. Although he did say, if Trump runs, there's nobody that can beat him. He did say that today. Mitt Romney. Hey, he's coming along, I think, Dr. Oz, to say that. That was shocking. Mitt Romney said that. But I said to them, I said that the officials came in from Mexico, very handsome, beautiful people. They came in. I said, fellas, uh, it's great to meet you. Listen, you're going to have to give us 28,000 soldiers on our border. And they laughed at me. And then I said, you're going to have to do remain in Mexico. And you're going to have to do eight other things that were almost as bad. And they laughed and smiled. They said, we would never do it. And I said, yes, you're going to do it. You have to do it. You will do it. They said, we're not going to do it, sir. I said, here's what's going to happen. This was a Friday afternoon. I said, on Monday morning at 8 o'clock in the morning, we're going to charge you 25% tariffs on every car and everything you make from Mexico that comes into our country. And we're going to take in billions and billions and billions of dollars. And it's going to more than pay for whatever we have to do to secure our border. And he said, may we call the president? Yes. And he came back about five minutes later. He said, sir, it would be a great honor to give you 28,000 soldiers free. It would be a great honor, sir, for you to allow millions of people potentially to stay in Mexico as they await clearance into the United States, which not too many people got. Now, we had it really, really incredible. We did an incredible job. And we got everything. And the person from the State Department came over and said, sir, that was the most amazing thing I've ever seen in government. I said, actually, it was quite easy, as I told you it would be. When Republicans retake Congress, we should immediately pass legislation to ban the federal government from unloading plane loads and plane loads and truck loads and everything else of illegal aliens in American communities and into our homeland. This is our homeland that we love and we cherish. Our country is full. We can't take it anymore. They are trying to destroy our country. We can't let that happen. In addition to illegal immigration, Biden has blown out the refugee cap by 800% plus. Think of that. We had a cap on the number of people that could come into our country. He's 800% above the cap. And that doesn't include the ones that come in legally, which is frankly most of them, including bringing in tens of thousands of unvetted, unscreened foreign nationals from Afghanistan on the plains. Hundreds of thousands of people and only 3% qualified to come in. Some of them are terrorists. I've been very good at predicting. Did you ever hear that? I've been very good. You're going to be paying for that. We are all going to be paying that for many years to come. 
Republicans should vote to restore my strong policy prohibiting refugee resettlement without the approval of local governments under the defund the police mantra. They want to defund the police. Our high crime, which is all of them, Democrat-run cities, are also being ravaged by the scourge of violent crime. It's violent. Last year, Philadelphia, here we are, and the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, we have to talk about Philadelphia, where, frankly, I went to college, a very wonderful place called the Wharton School of Finance. Last year, Philadelphia broke all records for murders. Listen to this. This is an American city with 562 homicides, 562. That's a war zone. That's not a city. The 32-year-old woman who was seven months pregnant was gunned down outside her home as she unloaded gifts from her baby shower. A few weeks ago in Pittsburgh, a 15-year-old boy was left dead after being shot in the head while riding his bicycle down the street. And in March, 50 bullets were fired into a crowded Pittsburgh party, leaving two people dead, eight others gravely wounded, dying, most of them, and still more badly injured when they jumped out of windows to escape the slaughter. They jumped out of windows. They were so badly injured. Democrats are the party of crime, the party of chaos and the party of death. They are whether you hate saying it or like saying it. They're the party of death. Republicans are the party of law, order, and life. And you know what else the Republicans are? They're the party of the American dream. They really are. They're the party of the American dream, which is being taken away from you. If you want to make our country safer for violent criminals, vote for the radical Democrats. If you want to make... It's safer for your family, your children, and for law-abiding Americans. You must vote for Republicans. You must. I don't know if you heard, you know, our party is growing by leaps and bounds with the Hispanics, African Americans, Asian Americans, everybody. The party is a much different party than it was when I started six years ago. Six years ago, really. And uh, we have a much different party. We have a party. Some people say Trumpism. Call it whatever you want. But it is indeed a party of safety and it's a party of common sense. Right here in Pennsylvania, that starts with nominating the man who has by far the best chance to win Pennsylvania's U.S. Senate race this fall. My friend, Dr. Mehmet Oz. He's a great man. Dr. Oz, I've known him a long time. His show is great. He's in that. He's on that screen. He's in the bedrooms of all those women telling them good and bad. And they love him. He came into a place where we had a lot of women sitting there waiting for something unrelated. They started going crazy. Is that Dr. Oz? That's Dr. Oz. But he's uh, taking a lot of. Horrible, unfair, and untrue shots. You know, they're spending millions and millions. This is Wall Street people. They have plenty of money. Plenty of money. They're spending millions of dollars and treating them very unfairly. Dr. Oz has led 
an enormously successful career on television, and now he's running to save our country just like I do, from the radical left lunatics and maniacs. Dr. Oz is a man who truly believes in Make America Great Again or the MAGA movement. He believes it 100% and he is in love with our country. He's supported by Sean Hannity, and we all love Sean Hannity. Rick Perry. And very importantly, he's supported by somebody known as me. He's supported by me. As your Senator Oz will fight to end illegal immigration, end sanctuary cities, and put dangerous criminals behind bars. That's what he wants to do. It's going to stop the Democrats, socialists, and communists and confront China like no senator in the history of our state. And by the way, you have a senator who is very weak on China. This guy, Toomey. I wouldn't give him my endorsement so he couldn't run. This guy, Toomey, is so bad on China. I said, so let me ask you a question, Pat. Just let me ask you this question, a stupid question. China's been ripping us off for many years. You've done nothing about it. If they're charging us 100% tariff, are we allowed to charge them 100% tariff? No, sir, that's not free trade. Are we allowed to charge them 50%, Pat? No. 25%? No. Can't charge them anything. I said, there's something wrong with this guy. This is your senator. And I wouldn't give him. And by the way, he knew that, you know, he raised his hand to impeach me. And if I would have said I would have given him the nod, I would have given him a nomination. He would have never raised his hand, which tells you I have a certain courage. But I also believed a lot in the other senators that we happen to have Republican senators. But he wanted me to endorse him and I couldn't do it because he was so bad on trade. He was giving our country away to China and others. Dr. Oz is running against the liberal Wall Street Republican named David McCormick, who I've known. And David's another one, in all fairness, and he will say this. He fought hard for it. He wanted it. He hired almost every person that worked anywhere. If anybody was within 200 miles of me, he hired them. But he did want my endorsement very badly, but I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I know them both. And you have some other very good people. I know them, but I, I know in particular these two people. And uh, they're leading. They're both leading. But I have to say, Oz is leading by more, despite this tremendous onslaught. <laughs> Paul just came out. He's up by three or four points. David came out very strongly against me on numerous occasions. This was before he was going to run. All of a sudden, he said, boy, I like this guy a lot including with respect to the disinformation spread about January 6th, total disinformation. Remember about January 6th, if I might, I am the one who strongly requested 10,000 military soldiers or National Guard to Nancy Pelosi and the mayor of D.C. on January 3rd, three days early, because she's in charge of the Capitol, both of them, and she and the mayor turned it down. They didn't want it. Secretary of Defense offered it to them. They turned it down. They're in charge. They could have it or not. If they had listened to me and my recommendation, there would have been no January 6th and the unselect committee of highly partisan political hacks and losers would never 
have been chosen. It should never be going on right now because we offered to have 10,000 soldiers circling the Capitol. So you would have never had a problem, but they turned it down. And now they're saying conspiracy. He doesn't love our country. I love the country so much more than they do. And I've done much more for this country than they have. So I don't know David well, and he may be a nice guy, but he's not MAGA. He's not MAGA. He's more to me than he is MAGA. I do know that he was with a company that managed money for communist China, and he is absolutely the candidate of special interests and globalists and the Washington establishment, and those are the people that are not only spending millions and millions of dollars on his campaign, they have unlimited money to just try and destroy us. But they want to destroy this great warrior and a truly nice person. Not going to do it. And they're also the people that are ripping off the United States with bad trade deals, open borders and every other thing that the people in this audience will never stand for. And you fully reject. David is totally controlled. This is the opponent by Mitch McConnell, the old crow, the old broken down crow. Mitch McConnell is the least popular politician in the country, according to the, but no, he's an old broken down crow. I want to be nice. I don't want to call. Oh, I wanted to have, I had that word right. And I just want that. I couldn't do it. I'd go home and the first lady would say, why did you use that foul language, darling? I love you so much, but why did you use it? He said, oh, broken down piece of crow. <laughs> no, but David fits in with him. I mean, they gave away this $1.9 trillion for an infrastructure deal to the Democrats. I call it infrastructure because there's virtually no infrastructure. Liz Cheney, Adam Kinzinger, Mitt Romney, and all of the other rhinos that are trying to destroy our party and destroy our country fit in so nicely with David McCormick. That's the way it is. And we can't let it happen. He will quickly fold to the fake news. David, he's going to fold McCormick. And he's going to fold immediately to the radical left Democrats. That's the way it is. And that's the way he is. Oz will never do that. He will fight till the end. And he will always have your back. We can always count on Dr. Oz. Again, I know him well. He uh, did an interview with me on his show. I did a show years ago. And he said, uh, I want to do like a physical on you. I said, that's okay. Just like... Biden and everybody running for president should take a cognitive test. He wanted to do a physical. I felt great. So he did a physical. He came out with a great report. He said he's very healthy. He's really great, great, great. But he should lose some weight. I said, that's not good. <laughs> that's not good. You had to say that, Oz, didn't you? Huh? You had to say that. You could have been perfect. I would have liked him even more if he said he's really, really healthy and he is one of the greatest bodies I've ever seen. <laughs> We can always count on Dr. Oz to stand up for the United States and against communist China. And if you don't mind, I'd like to have Dr. Oz come up and say a few words.
Do we love President Trump, Pennsylvania? Has Joe Biden made us miss him even more? The only thing Joe Biden has built back better is the Republican Party. That President Trump leads, he sees the shining city on the hill. He sees it here in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. He's fighting to save it. But he's fighting for more. When you save the soul of Pennsylvania, you save the soul of America. And the rest of the world is watching us. They see a controlling, authoritarian, surveillance state of China. They see democracy giving rise to capitalism that President Trump made function so beautifully just 15 months ago. Seems surreal that it's been ruined so quickly. That's what we're fighting for. That's why President Trump, it means the world to me that you're here, sir. God bless you. And thank you for the endorsement. Thank you, Oz. Thank you. He didn't need this. Just like I didn't have to be here tonight in this horrible rainstorm. Our first lady said, are you crazy? Do it a different day. I said, I'm not going to let those people down. They've been there for four days. We're not letting them down. We're never going to let them down. So the primary is on May 17th, but early voting begins this Tuesday, May 10th. Get out and vote. We got to do it. If you want to see the fake news, crying tears of despair on election night, just like they did. Again, we did so much better the second time, but they were very upset the first time. But they all said, we're never going to let that happen again. They may let it happen again. Vote for Dr. Oz. He's an outstanding person. We're also joined by representatives, and these are warriors. These are friends of mine. And run up here and say a couple of words. Come here. John Joyce, representative. Mike Kelly. Guy Resinchola. Fred Keller. Alex Mooney. Alex is in a big race. That's a, one of the races they keep saying, is Mooney going to win? Because Mooney is being backed by Trump. And he's got a, an opponent, but I think Mooney's going to do real well. And the next congressman from Pennsylvania's 8th Congressional District, Jim Bognett. Come in, Jim. Come on. Also, State Treasurer Stacy Garrity. Stacy, come on up, Stacy. Great job she did. She said, sir, I must tell you, first time in many years that a Republicans won, right? She said, sir, I won because of you. You were much more popular than me, but I won. First time in decades that a Republican won. But she said, sir, you were much more popular and you lost my area. You lost this. It's not possible. And I appreciate you saying that because I happen to like you more than I like me. OK, <laughs> but no, but a lot of people said it. The election was rigged. It was a disgrace. And Mike, where's my greatest advertiser purchaser in the history of business? Again, I want to introduce the man who, who really, I mean, honestly, if the movie world were legit, he'd get every award you could possibly get. The Academy Awards uh, used to get good ratings. Remember the Academy Awards in the old days before they started knocking us and Trump and MAGA? Now they had like a regular show, but he would get everything for this documentary. Dinesh D'Souza. Dinesh, just come up, please. Come up. Dinesh D'Souza. 
What a job he did. Also with us are some friends of mine. They wanted to say, I said, don't come tonight. Let's go another time. It's pouring. Woody Johnson, a great gentleman. You ever hear of Johnson and Johnson? He owns the place. I tell you what, this guy's got cash like nobody's got cash. Johnson and Johnson, his incredible wife, Suzanne Johnson, whose family is very, very close. And she comes from Ukraine. So she's uh, she has a little bit of a hard time with it, but she's an incredible woman. Another incredible woman is Summers Farkas, a person respected by everybody in New York. So I want to thank you all, wherever you may be. Thank you, Woody. Thank you very much. They wanted to come in this horrible weather. I said, Woody, let's wait for a really beautiful day. It's pouring out here. With the help of many people here tonight, over four years and incredible years, we all stood up for Pennsylvania. So I'd like to ask just a couple of you to come up and say a couple of words. You're running against somebody that you should beat easily. You better beat him easily or I'm going to look very bad. They're going to say Trump has lost it. Say a, say a few words. Thank you, President Trump, for coming here and lending your support. Uh, the Republican primary in West Virginia is Tuesday, May 10th. So again, please tell your friends and family to vote May 10th. It's important we win these primaries to have real Republicans that'll fight like Donald Trump did for the values that we all share. Thank you and God bless. I was thinking about coming in a beautiful suit like that, but I couldn't do it. I did. I didn't want to waste all that money and ruin that suit. Where's Mike? Mike, say a couple of words. Been my friend from day one. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. President. There is another, there's no other time in our history that we have been tested like we are being tested now. The four years under President Trump, we saw America grow, not just in our economy, but in respect around the world. We were never tested. We were never challenged when President Trump was in office. They feared him and respected him. We now have somebody in the White House that nobody fears, nobody respects, and people can't imagine how they were able to pull off the greatest deal in American history in the election. I thank God every night that I had the opportunity as an American citizen to serve under this president, and I pray that we have the opportunity again. God bless you all for being here and refuse to lose. Just refuse to lose. Wow, that's a pretty good job. Would you say he's a good politician? You know, the fact is, he's not a politician. He's a man that really believes in what he's doing. He really believes it. I'd like to ask, thank you, Mike. I'd like to ask the treasurer to come up and just say a little bit about what you saw that evening because it was an incredible thing. And I've heard that from a lot of people. Please. Thank you. So I'm telling you, this is the first time we had a Republican treasurer in 20 years and the first time a Republican beat a Democrat incumbent um, since 1988. And I have... President Donald J. Trump to thank for that. He gave me three shout outs. I spoke at two of the rallies. I led the pledge. It was incredible. And um, we know that he won. <laughs> so he pushed a lot of us over the finish line. I am forever grateful. And it's so important to get out May 17th. We need, you know, a Republican governor. We need a Republican lieutenant governor and a Republican senator. My friend, Dr. Oz. God bless you.
Thank you very much. And great job you've done. So thank you very much, fellas. I'll see you later. Take care of yourselves. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Good job. Thank you, everybody. With the help of many people here tonight, over four years, incredible years they were, we stood up for Pennsylvania like no president in history. To protect our workers, I withdrew from the horrible Trans-Pacific Partnership, would have destroyed your businesses. We ended the disaster known as NAFTA, the worst trade deal ever made. We replaced it with the USMCA, that's Mexico and Canada, the best trade deal ever made in our country. We stood up to China like never before, taking in billions and billions of dollars in taxes and tariffs, despite Toomey. We took in billions, think of it, and we gave, out of all that money, many times more than this number, we gave $28 billion of it to our great farmers. We love our farmers, many in Pennsylvania. And to protect Pennsylvania energy workers, I withdrew from the unfair Paris Climate Accord, a ripoff. I canceled Obama's falsely named Clean Power Plan, which was a disaster. Other than the name of the plan, it was a total disaster. I ended the war on Pennsylvania oil and gas, and I ended the war on clean, beautiful coal. We put our miners back to work. We fought for Pennsylvania, and we won for Pennsylvania. And when we win in this November, this coming this coming midterm, which I think maybe will be the most important in our country's history, we will fight and win for Pennsylvania and our country itself because our country is in serious trouble. We will win and we will stop this horrible, horrible onslaught with a Republican Congress. We must defend parents' rights. No teacher should ever be allowed to teach transgender to our children without parental consent. We will save our kids and we will also keep men the hell out of women's sports. In addition, we will get critical race theory out of our schools, out of our military and out of every part of our federal state and local government. You know, I had done that. And then just about in his first day in office, he wrote an executive office ending it. But we had already done that. It was gone. Got rid of all of them. One of our highest priorities will be to crack down on left wing censorship and restore free speech in America. We don't have free speech. We don't have free speech and we have a totally crooked press, all of them back there. We will immediately terminate Joe Biden's so-called disinformation governing board. How about that one? A chilling and un-American power grab that we will not allow to stand. Go out and sign up now for, by the way, truth, truth. I'm so happy to be back on social media which is number one on the Apple App Store, number one ahead of TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, and all others, number one. Can you believe it? I opened this thing. It's like we got, we have really a great platform, but number one, what a great honor it was to look at that. It's going to be our voice. It's going to be the voice of the people. And by the way, Jason Miller, I want to introduce Jason Miller. He's a great friend of mine. He's done a fantastic job, and he also has a big voice out there on the social media, wherever he may be, Jason. Wherever you are, this big crowd of people, we love you, Jason. Thank you, Jason. Thank you. I'm glad I remembered to do that. 
The radical left Democrat party is not a 50% party within our country. I really believe that. They're against God, guns, oil, law enforcement, voter ID, the Constitution, and the founding fathers. Other than that, they're wonderful. The only way they win is to cheat in elections. I really believe that. You can't be against those things and think you're a 50-50 party. We have to restore election integrity in our country. In 2016, we won Pennsylvania by a lot. From that point, 2016 to 2020, Republicans outregistered because of me to a large extent. Democrats in Pennsylvania, listen to this, 21 to 1. That never happened before. We outregistered them 21 to 1. Which is why on election night, we were up by more than 650,000 votes. It was over. And then, gee, we're going to be closing up for a little while, they said. At every level, Republicans must fight for universal voter ID, citizenship confirmation. No more fake drop boxes. They're fake. And no private money pouring into local election offices. No more. Just like in France, we just had a, and we got to view a big election that just took place. We should have one day voting with only paper ballots and mail-in ballots accepted only from distant military service members, distant if they're not in the country or people who are very, very sick. It should last one day. What about these elections that last 48 days where they have boxes and boxes and they're in... They're in rooms in storage. Nobody watching over them. They're being moved all over the place. You say, what's going on? One day, paper ballots. One day election, paper ballots like we used to have. We have a process that nobody trusts. And you can't have a great country if nobody trusts the elections. And frankly, you shouldn't trust them. They're so corrupt. We're just six months away from the most important midterm victory in American history, and we need a landslide so big that the radical left cannot rig it or steal it. You know, at a certain point, if you win by enough, they can't rig it, but we're also watching them very closely, more closely than ever before. This is the year we're going to take back the House, we're going to take back the Senate, and we are going to take back America. And in 2024, most importantly, we are going to take back our beautiful White House. But first, we have to secure a massive victory for Dr. Oz in this primary. So get your friends, get your family, get everyone you know, and get the hell out to vote for Dr. Oz. You got to do it. I want to thank J.D. Vance for being here, by the way. What a job he did. He's, he's hot now, you know. He's hot. He's a great hot celebrity. Maybe he won't remember me anymore. Maybe he'll say, Trump, oh, yeah, he was all right. But he will. He's going to remember all of us because he's going to be around for a long, long time politically, in my opinion. Very smart. And he's the one that can win, and he will win. He will win in Ohio. J.D. Vance, good man good man he really stepped forward and you know what the people of ohio really stepped forward they did a great job with the republican congress 
We will fight for more jobs for Pennsylvania families, fair trade for Pennsylvania workers, and more Pennsylvania factories forging more products stamped with those beautiful words made in the USA. We will shut down Biden's border disaster, reinstitute our strong remain in Mexico policy. We will reimpose Title 42, which I understand they're ending. You want to see people come into our country? Knock out Title 42. Strengthen the Patriots of ICE and Border Patrol. And we will again end catch and release. We will end chain migration, a disaster. We will end the visa lottery and we will quickly finish the remaining portion of the wall. Could have been done in a few weeks. We will stop the Democrat crime wave. We will give our police the power they need and the respect they deserve. And I want to thank the Pennsylvania police for the treatment they've given me. I love the police. They do a great job. They're not given the kind of accolades they should get every single day. It's dangerous work and they do an incredible job. We will not take legal protection ever away from them. They want to take legal protection. So if they happen to make a mistake or somebody sues them, they have to protect themselves. That's not going to happen. We will restore law and order in America. We will hold China accountable for unleashing the virus upon the world. We will protect innocent life. We will defend our Constitution and we will defend the Second Amendment. We will proudly uphold the Judeo-Christian values and principles of our nation's founding. And by the way, very importantly, as you know, during that term, records, almost 300 federal judges and three justices of the Supreme Court of the United States, and they're making a very big decision now. We will restore patriotic education to our schools and we will teach our children to love their country, honor our history and always respect our great American flag. In conclusion, our MAGA movement, Make America Great Again, is by far the greatest political movement in the history of our country and the fake news can't even challenge it. They can't even think of it. I've said it many times that they've never challenged it because it's the greatest movement in the history of our country and probably beyond that. Together, we are standing up and against some of the most menacing forces, entrenched interests and vicious opponents our people have ever seen. Despite great outside dangers, and we do have tremendous outside dangers and right now more than ever before because our so-called leaders, I say so-called, they don't know what the hell they're doing or how to deal with it. But despite that, our biggest threat remains the sick, sinister, demented, and evil people that we have from within. But no matter how big or powerful these corrupt radicals may be, you must never forget this nation does not belong to them. This nation belongs to you. Belongs to you. And 
I do want to thank you all for coming out in this uh, unbelievable weather. I want to thank me too, you know, because I said I could have had a, I could have, hey Oz, I could have had a great out. I could have had, and by the way, your wife is so incredible. You're going to get a great first lady in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. You're going to get a first lady. I know her well. She's incredible. And, and does she love her family, her husband and her family? So thank you very much for being here and standing, especially the first lady standing, uh, standing with us. Thank you very much. This is your home. This is your heritage and our American liberty is your God-given right. From Allentown to Johnstown, from Easton to Erie, from Harrisburg to Pittsburgh, and right here in Greensburg, we stand on the shoulders of American legends who poured out their blood, sweat, and tears for our rights and for our freedom. Pennsylvania is the commonwealth where our founding fathers declared American energy independence. Think of that. You were the first ones many, many, many years ago. Who would think where we are? We had it done a year and a half ago, and today we're begging for energy. We're begging enemies for energy. It's where the Army weathered its brutal winter at Valley Forge, where General George Washington led his men in a daring mission across the Delaware, and where our union was saved by the immortal heroes at Gettysburg, Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. One of the most vicious battles in history and one of the most beautiful places on earth. Isn't that interesting? And this is the state where generations of tough, strong Pennsylvania miners, factory workers and steel workers forged the greatest nation in the history of the world. It was the hardworking patriots like you who built this country, and it is the hardworking patriots like you who are going to save our country from what's happening right now. We will stand up to the radical left lunatics and the rhinos, and we will fight for America like no one has ever fought for a country before. There is no mountain we cannot climb. There is no summit we cannot reach. There is no challenge we cannot meet. There is no victory we cannot have. We will not bend. We will not break. We will not yield. We will never give in. We will never give up. We will never, ever, ever, ever back down. As long as we are confident and united, the tyrants we are fighting do not stand even a small chance of victory because we are Americans and Americans kneel to God and to God alone. My fellow citizens, this incredible journey we are on together has only just begun. It's just begun. And Oz is going to help us to have it keep going. Oz is going to help us. And it's time to start talking about greatness for our country again. We don't do that. We don't do that. We don't talk about greatness anymore. We talk about everything else. We are one movement, one people, one family, and one glorious nation under God. So with the help of everyone here today and citizens all across our land, we will make America powerful again.
We will make America wealthy again. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. Thank you, Pennsylvania. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right. So that was our president telling us a lot of things. And I'm thinking maybe I should end today since he was important to listen to. If you heard between the lines as well, which is very important um, because it's actually 941. I don't know if I should get into what I wanted to talk about because I wanted it to be one clear show. I'm trying to think. Um, But one thing that he told you in between the lines uh, was that there's a lot going on. He referred to things in the far past um, like H1N1, the first mini pandemic, the tryout. And if you guys remember, uh, as I've been saying for years, way before COVID, the first job I got after getting into medical school was working for the CDC on the H1N1 vaccine. I'm just pointing some facts out. And it was the job that I got fired from. And I say that again and again and again and again. So you know what? Tomorrow's Saturday. I don't do shows on Saturday. But I will do a show on Saturday. I do not want you guys having all that information, um, you know, from what he said, which is important. Uh, And kind of jumble it up. It was incredible, uh, the things that he did uh, put. But again, it was very important, the things that he said. Uh, So that way you guys understand that there are very good people, like he said, fighting. And um, that's about it. Now, before I go, so tomorrow, I will do a show. I am doing a show tomorrow to talk about the things I want to talk about today. But I do not want to take away (coughs) from President Trump. Uh, Tomorrow I will be, like I said, I have a deadline um, for Tuesday to put out a very massive report uh, Tuesday morning. So, and Monday I will be out and about doing things. So Saturday when I take my lunch break, maybe I'll do a show. I mean, it's Saturday and, and that's all good. I don't want to take away from what the president said, hence why I do not want to um, put this, what we were going to talk about today together. I want it to be streamlined. Now, on other news, 2,000 mules. So those of you that are subscribed to me on Locals, you get to see things that people that are not subscribed are. Well, that's what Dinesh D'Souza has done. And I think that's probably what I'm going to do for my um, documentary too. So you can subscribe to him 
on Locals. And once you subscribe to him, you will be able to see 2000 Mules live. And it's tomorrow. So, um, oh man, and it's tomorrow. Do I want to impede on that one? But we'll see, okay? We'll see the timing because I, you know, uh, unfortunately, if I put out my show, I mean, you can probably listen to it at another time. But if I put out my show and, and, and there's so much bombardment of information, it'll be quite difficult. What I can tell you is the only question that 2000 Mules did not answer was who were the ballots stuffed for? Now, obviously, we know they were stuffed for Biden. And obviously, like I told you, they were creating the evidence, knowing that we were going to go on it because that was their plan. Right. That was their plan. Their plan was he knows we rig it with the machines. So we need to create the backup of ballots and we're going to drive him insane because we're going to do it blatantly and we're still going to fucking get away with it. And we're going to laugh about it. That was a whole idea. I've been saying that since November, right? When in 2020, when it happened. So, uh, but that's the only thing that wasn't crystal clear. I'm going to tell you something. It is incredible when you see it, like anyone who doesn't think that there was uh, voter fraud sees this and knows for a fact that there's uh, voter fraud. Um, so rather than me get into what we were going to talk about today, because it's a quite an important one, I'm just tell you just some stuff, interesting stuff. So um, I should tell you about my court case. This is going to be interesting. So, uh, so we had a hearing on my defamation suit in Tennessee. The defamation suit was addressing a motion for a status conference regarding Ali Akbar. Okay. And the status conference basically is something that we asked for because we were like, look, judge, um, Ali Akbar has been served on four different occasions and he's not answering to anything. He's not doing anything. So we were like, look, I, 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 I get a default judgment regardless, right? Regardless, because he didn't turn up. That's the way the court is. When you know about it and you don't turn up, you know, it's a default judgment. And if you guys remember, when I first filed my case in Tennessee, it was uh, in a state court. And in that state court, that loser, what's his name? Shit. Um, some guy from Ohio that I had on my suit. He went and filed pro se for a motion to dismiss. Now, my attorney never got the document. He never put tracking information. The court isn't electronic, so my lawyer didn't even know. And my lawyer didn't even know. So my lawyer didn't get notification. The judge still ruled in that guy's favor. But unfortunately, while she was ruling in his favor, while he tried to sneak himself in there, God repaid him by having Congressman Cohen pull that shit out and send it to federal court. So when you don't do things honorably and when you're in trouble. The Lord has a way of bringing shit right back to you. So anyway, um, now in federal court, uh, Ali Akbar hasn't responded to any of the motions and hasn't made an appearance. His lawyer made an appearance, but then his lawyer was like, I'm not his lawyer. And it's like, but you just said you are. Regardless, he made no appearance apparently. So we asked the court because we didn't know what to do. 
The thing is what? I'm going to get a default judgment on him and what? Repossess his Mercedes that his boyfriend drives or the house that his mommy owns? Like, which one is it? I could get a liens on his bank accounts so he can't have money. And then I can ask him to put a liens on all the accounts that he gets money from, from people and any gives and goes and anything. And I can do that. I could totally do that. Right. And ask for that. But it's not the point. The point is he defamed me. And what I want him is to answer for the defamation. So we asked the court um, to uh, force him to file an answer or compel him to do something. And the court was like, well, it felt like the judge was protecting him. And that was really bizarre. But it makes sense when someone's cooperating so they don't go to jail with the Department of Justice. I would assume that's the the, the, the method. But regardless, we don't know, right? So he's robbing me of the ability to have my day in court when he has completely defamed me, continues to defame me. And while idiots like Pete Santilli, who make death threats and others, they sit there and think that I'm robbing him. No, 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 no. He is the cause and he is the linchpin for people to take down a duly elected president. And the fact that the person that Ollie's really covering for is upset makes it clear that he knows I know, I know he knows, and he knows I know, and we're not talking about Akbar. So he's a little bit upset. But anyway, so anyway, the judge was really rude to Russell. Um, it was completely out of order from the get-go and without saying anything. Uh, there were some issues uh, with uh, the appearances, the House of Representatives attorneys, you know, the ones that we pay for with our tax dollars, um, didn't present themselves after the judge appeared. Um, it was it was quite interesting to hear the magistrate speak, because remember, he's the assistant to the judge. He's not the judge on the case. He's the assistant. He does all like the the little work and he can put a recommendation. The judge is the one that matters, not the magistrate. And so uh, it was interesting because he pointed out some things, but it was also interesting to see uh, his, um, you know, structure. Uh, he also acknowledged that I was there, which was interesting. Um, and, um, you know, now we just have to put a motion for default judgment, which then once that comes out and I push for the liens, Tiny Dancer is going to come out and say, oh, no, I want to appeal it, you know, and, you know, I'm going to have to, like, confiscate his accounts. I have people within his own place where he's raising funds. I will just confiscate that until he turns up. I don't need his money. I want him to answer. So if I have to do this, I'm going to do it. And then he's going to say, this demon has taken my things because she didn't serve me. You know how he is. So anyway, um, so that's that. And then after court, um, I sat with a bunch of people from Tennessee and other states. I met the amazing people from Illinois that were running. They were run off the ballot. As you see, I'm not the only one like in Ohio that was attempted to be silenced. We have bigger people um, that are running for office that are being removed like Robbie Starbuck and all these other people because people are like, ha, 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 Tori this. And it's like, you're so dumb. Everyone's going through this because for whatever reason, people think 
that uh, election theft only happens at the ballot box. It's at the beginning. It's from the petition side. It's from where you start, from where someone wants to get in, you know, and that's the that's the core of it. Um, and tomorrow we'll be talking about the First Amendment, free speech, free will, freedom of thought. Um, so anyway, we, we, we hung out, love seeing them. Uh, th- these people are just incredible the way they're taking their communities. Uh, I, I was so proud of them. I, I met people from Georgia, from Indiana, from Illinois, from New York. I mean, they're just incredible people. And it makes me so proud that they're making history. You guys don't see it yet, but every single filing you've done, every, sing- every single thing you've done is on the record and your children's children will be reading about it as being those that came up and stood up and took up on the fight. You will be remembered throughout history for the things that you are doing from your sticker brigade, which by the way, I just wanted to say in a meeting that we had, I was very impressed that someone that I consider highly important and integral to how our nation moves forward um, you know, whooped out the, the, the stickers huh? uh, from their wallet. And I was just like, stop it. I was so, um, so, so shocked. Like everybody has it. And the complaint that was made was every time we go to a gas station, I want to put one on, but they're already there. They're already there. And I can't put one on because all my gas stations, whenever we go, have a sticker on it. And I was like, see, that's the people doing it. And that's incredible. Um, Now, this person who's very important to, well, these people, it's a group of people. As we were having these conversations, I felt like information was coming out of my mouth like a fire hose. Um, And it's... But at the same time, the information that I was receiving was indicating to me how selfish some people are, how all about themselves the people are, and how not seriously they're taking it. They're, they're seeing any participation in what is happening as a meal ticket, and that really hurts. That really hurts. Um, the discussions on the plate were that of betrayal and persons that conduct betrayal. And it was kind of like, I am, everyone is going through that. I know a lot of you have been texting me about the stuff Lynn Wood said. Well, you know, I kind of did a post on that and I kind of told him. But it all comes out in its own time. People have to see it for themselves. And um, sometimes you give the benefit of the doubt. One thing I learned in my career is that humans are innately evil and people are going to be like, but they're innately good too. That duplicity thing. So when you have someone who's like a spy, an infiltrator, someone bad, right? Someone that intends to cause evil or intends to destroy anything you're working on is that you show them unconditional love. You show them, you know, um, as much as you should, to make them want to actually be part of um, something good. 
And then, you know, you get some of them that, uh, you know, do actually betray the evil realm and want to do good. Those are the best people. You can turn someone that was intended to cause harm into something good. You can love and affection, you know, that's it. But, but there are many of them that see just how amazing that is and how fulfilled they feel, but they still grift off of it. You know, kind of like, you know, the things that you're seeing about Lynn Wood, this happens everywhere. There's people that say, but I'm doing this, and I'm doing so great. But then they get like this power trip of control. And then they get this power trip of manipulating the minds of others so they can, you know, do whatever it is they want to do. Um, so this is happening across the nation right now in many areas. And for me, for decades, um, it is, uh, it is important that you embrace those that were intended to be deployed, the demons uh, that you calm down. And I'll explain that uh, tomorrow because that is um, what I wanted to talk about, the whole sense of it. Because it, it, from, for those of you that have gone through like, you know, your school, school life, right? You always had that nemesis or that kid that you hated. And then suddenly you guys talked and you became best friends and you're still friends till today. Uh, that's because love and hate are very similar in the peak and frequency of emotion, believe it or not, at their initiation. And so this is why it's important that when you, when you come in contact with someone nefarious or someone that has ill intent for you, that you show them ultimate trust ultimate love and, and pray that they will do good with it. And, you know, their own demons cannibalize themselves. So you don't have to do anything and you have to have faith that if any harm comes to you during that process, it was important that it happens. It was important because you had a lesson to learn or others had a lesson to learn and you cannot learn somebody else's lesson. Like, like, you could have, no, you can't. That's not how it goes. And right now, what we are seeing in the right movement, the conservative movement, the digital stringer movement, all that is just this stupid high school bullshit of self-centrism that I'm going to be important. I'm going to do this. I'm going to be this. It's like they feel the need that they have to be, you know, the top for whatever reason. And they're so empty inside. Like, you know, some of them are just really lonely. Others, you know, abandoned, you know, can't even fucking do regular housework or look after their kids or fucking, you know, ride a bicycle or lawn mow or, 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 or it's just them, 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 them. What about the nation? You're busy focusing on yourself and you think that for whatever reason, if the nation fails, that somehow you will succeed, which means that you are not on the side of the nation. That's how you have to look at it. Those that seek the titles and tiaras will fail and they will fail hard. It's very important. They will fail hard because if they're working to establish themselves in a time of turmoil, chaos, deception, lies, propaganda, in the end... They will fail because they are on the wrong side anyway. They're not fighting for you if it's about them. So 
On that note, I'm going to end today's show with uh, a lot of love and affection. And tomorrow we will um, go through what, um, what I was going to do today. So God bless. I will see you tomorrow. Okay. And here's a note, uh, note slash song for all of you. So you can get the drift of tomorrow's show too. You can run on for a long time, run on for a long time, run on for a long time. Sooner or later, gotta cut you down. Sooner or later, gotta cut you down. Go tell that long-tongued liar, go and tell that midnight rider, tell the rambler, the gambler, the backbiter, tell him that God's gonna cut him down. Tell him that God's gonna cut him down. Well, my goodness gracious, let me tell you the news. My head's been wet with the midnight dew. I've been down on bended knee, talking to the man from Galilee. He spoke to me with a voice so sweet. I thought I heard the shuffle of angels sweet. He called my name and my heart stood still. When he said, John, go do my will. Go tell that long-tongued liar. Go and tell that midnight rider. Tell the rambler, the gambler, the backbiter. Tell him that God's gonna cut him down. Tell him that God's gonna cut him down. You can run on for a long time. Run on for a long time. Run on for a long time. Sooner or later, gotta cut you down. Sooner or later, gotta cut you down. Well, you may throw your rock, hide your hand. Working in the dark against your fellow man But as sure as God made black and white What's done in the dark will be brought to the light You can run on for a long time Run on for a long time Run on for a long time Sooner or later gotta cut you down Sooner or later gotta cut you down Go tell that long-tongued liar Go and tell that midnight rider, tell the rambler, the gambler, the fighter, tell him that God's gonna cut you down.